Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Here we go now. With now. guest host Ben Lyons. It's not just Giannis's league, it's Giannis's world. It's easy to go somewhere and go and win a championship with somebody else. But this is the hard way to do it. Bingo! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Today's guests, documentary director Andrea Nix. From CBS2 Los Angeles, Jamie Maggio. MLB Network host Adnan Verk. Plus, actor Matt Walsh. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Ben Lyons. Welcome, everyone, to another day here on The Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich. Very happy that uh, all of you are joining us here today. Very happy you weren't joining us for our production meeting a few moments ago. (laughs) We're really getting ready for a big show here today. Lots going on on the show. Lots going on. Obviously, across the world of sports, still a little hungover from the uh, Bucks celebration the other night. The Has Bucks Giannis are having their parade. Has he stopped eating Chick Fil A nuggets yet? I hope not. Uh, the Bucks are celebrating out in Milwaukee. Bobby Portis, uh, early reports are, was the MVP of the celebrations. <laughs> we'll that. see if that continues on. There he is on Peacock with the uh, WWE belt. The champ, the people's champ. My goal in life is to get one of those, Ben. Referred to. I feel like you've been the uh, the intercontinental champ, the twenty four hour champ, <laughs> the, uh, the champ they put in the upper deck. What are the championship belts they have in the WWE? We'll find out from Adnan, who had a cup of yes. coffee with the WWE later on in the show. But a big day for you, TJ. Obviously, with Jerry Jones speaking out about his relationship with Jimmy Johnson, that's yeah. a big deal. As that, camps get going, very eye-opening quotes yesterday. Okay, we'll get into some of, the, Jerry. some of the Jerry sound. Brockman, you find any other uh, St. Lunatics videos there on YouTube today? <laughs> I'll tell you what, we were having a great time going back through the early 2000s hip-hop music videos. It was awesome. What a great time, Mike, for, <laughs> yeah, for music. Yeah. Come on. Well, that, and then that's the thing, it's, because Del Tufo saw his there's no great sports moments in the 80s yes. comment from the other day and raised it I went to with there's bar. no great music after, after 2005. Five. <laughs> 2005, it died. The music died. It was like the old American pop. Music so. died. They took every every guitar, yeah, just magically done. disappeared. Done. All done. pianos got the Thanos treatment. Just whoop, they're gone. Close the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame after 05. Just that's it. Cleveland should just shut it happy down. Happy to have Del Tifo back Amazing. in studio. With hey, us. Mike, good to have you back. Good to have Mike back. Um, but I want to start today with a little story time because uh, I, I'm thinking about what's happening in the NFL, and it had me think about something that happened with me. And some great NBA players. You know, I had the privilege of getting to work at Turner Sports down in Atlanta for a little bit, um, home of TNT, NBA TV. And the way it works down there is you stay at a hotel about 10 minutes or so from the studio. And they take you in a car, nice big car service over to the studio. So I'm in basketball heaven. (laughs) I'm in a big sprinter van with Gary Payton. Quentin Richardson. Wow. Shouts out to one half of the knuckleheads. Download, rate, review, and subscribe. And we make a stop on the way to the studio. Gary Payton's a little confused. We pull into the valet at the Four Seasons. And out walks Channing Fry, who gets into the car. And Gary Payton, 
Never one to be short with words. Says. Never. Channing Frye, why are you staying at the Four Seasons? <laughs> I'm wondering the same You're thing. You're Channing Frye. I'm Gary Payton. The glove. <laughs> the, I mean, NBA champ, Olympian. <laughs> and Channing Frye said, well, did you ask? I said, no, I didn't ask. You know, I'm down here doing my work for Turner. I'm not trying to ruffle feathers or anything. You know, you ask. He said, closed mouths don't get fed. <laughs> That and that true. just stayed with me. Wise words from Chosen Family's own Channing Fry. That stayed with me now in my own life as I go about my day, my business. Closed mouths don't get fed. If you don't ask for something, how are you ever supposed to receive it? So it got me thinking, my Channing Fry story that's been a part of my DNA now, what is Aaron Rodgers asking for? Closed mouths don't get fed. He hasn't spoken about what his issues are. We think it's because he was upset two years ago they drafted a quarterback. Or we think that maybe he's not happy with some of the other moves on the roster. But you're half away from the Super Bowl. You're the MVP. You got tons of weapons up and down the field. What are you asking for right now in this moment? Not what happened a year ago, two years ago. But closed mouths don't get fed. Channing Fry, wise words that I think Aaron Rodgers could, could hear right now. And, and I, I don't know what he's asking for. Does anybody? So he's not going to get whatever it is he wants. You have to ask for it. Closed mouths don't get fed. So that's a big story, obviously, in the NFL right now. And, and as we head into NFL season with the, the NBA behind us, that's top of mind for everybody. What is it that Aaron Rodgers actually wants? Does he want them to go make a move? He doesn't want to change head coach. Does he want more help on the defensive side of things? Did he want J.J. Watt? No, none of this stuff. We're just assuming, but what is it that he actually wants? Great question, man. I don't know. And I think we'll never really know. He's not a guy that's just going to come out and I think be forthright with this information. We've been hearing a lot of things through people who are – supposedly close to him, like A.J. Hawk and James Jones. But can we take them at 100% face value? No. But some of it, maybe. So Aaron, you know, unclear about what he wants. He's, he's, He's not speaking out saying, I need this from the organization. He's not drawing a line on the sand. And then on the other side of things, Jerry Jones, very clear with what he wants. Very clear with what he'll do to get what he wants. Jerry Jones, <laughs> never someone who uh, suffered from uh, closed mouths, don't get fed, Channing Fry syndrome. So this is what Jerry Jones had to say as Cowboy Camp kicked off. Here's Jerry Jones. You've joked in the past that you paid these deals with the devil to win these Super Bowls. When things just kept working against you guys last year, did you feel like he was cashing in? Well, I found that... Uh, 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 that uh, he's not quite as responsive to one's individual ask as you might think. And I'm not uh, trying to be sacrilegious here, but uh, uh, the facts are that uh, uh, I would right now, if I could, and I knew had a good chance to do it, I'd do anything known to man to get in a Super Bowl. That's a fact. And uh, uh, there's, uh, uh, there's nothing in my mind that can uh, uh, have a pri- higher priority than that. Yikes. Yikes. Anything known to man. My goodness. What is that? 
<laughs> he knows what he wants, though. He I wants mean, a Super Bowl in Dallas. Yeah. I know TJ wants a Super <laughs> I mean, Bowl in yeah. Dallas. I don't know if he's going to get it. I know that's what he wants. I'm down for him to do anything known to man to get it. Anything known <laughs> to man. Anything. And that, anything. That, there's a lot of area to cover when you say anything. And you think about like the history of mankind and all of the <laughs> things like, that have like, happened just on the, planet Earth. Like Just the stuff that's going through my head right now. And I'm not that devious. I'm a little devious. I'm just thinking what I'm thinking. And, and I know what Del Tufo's probably thinking. And <laughs> who knows what Brockman's going through. It takes mind. a nice chunk out of the pie. Think I mean, about it. Just think about it. <laughs> what would TJ do for a Super Bowl? I mean, oh. Think about it. What, I mean, look, man, I know what I would do for a Klondike bar. So for a Super Bowl, man, I mean. And then know. Jerry also finally admitting that he was in the wrong with Jimmy Johnson. That's a big moment for the Cowboys fans, for Cowboy Nation, a healing moment, a moment perhaps that leads to Jimmy being recognized by the franchise yeah. for his great contributions to those Super Bowl teams. So, interesting State of the Union for Jerry Jones as we kick off the NFL season. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. But he knows what he wants. He goes out there and says it. He might not get it, but at least he knows what he wants. So, he has a chance to get it. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what he wants. I don't know what the problem is right now. I don't know if he's going to be there next week. Closed mouths don't get fed. <laughs> but, but TJ, as a, as a lifelong Cowboys fan, to have Jerry get up there and, and have a little humble pie and admit that he was in the wrong with – Jimmy Johnson all those years ago, that, that's a huge moment, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's the first time that I can remember him ever really addressing it, especially the way he did yesterday in the eclipse, the language that he used. Like Barry Switzer basically like, no, get Jimmy in here. I need to put both of you on this chair, kind of smack you upside your head and go, how'd you mess this up? And not in those, those words. But yeah, as, as Cowboys fans, and I've always said this in – you know, if Jimmy doesn't leave, I mean, I don't see any reason why Dallas doesn't win four Super Bowls in a row. And who knows what happens after that? We hear about it from players all the time. You know, Chris Paul right now is processing that that might be the closest he ever gets to a championship. We hear it from players that they regret leaving something out on the field or that's their biggest fear in life. But when you're somebody like Jerry Jones with power, wealth, uh, pride, ego, and you get a taste of it, and then you just sacrifice everything and you go for it again. It's like Sisyphus and Hades pushing the boulder <laughs> up the mountain only to be condemned to a life and, uh, of pain and suffering. You could feel the pain in his voice. He's willing to do anything known to man. Anything. Not almost anything, guys. Anything. anything. There's something. I, I said to me, there's something kind of... Um, sad and, and, and almost like romantic about seeing a man look at his life in the rearview mirror, a man of, of, of means and power right. and success to sort of put their life into perspective as they continue to make their way down the field of their journey. Um, really emotional stuff there from, from Jerry Jones kind of to a, kick off the season. Acknowledge his mistakes too and, and look back with regret. Jerry Jones doesn't strike me as a guy who has a lot of regret in his life. I and went to that steakhouse and I ordered a salmon. That was a bad decision. I should have ordered steak. <laughs> I don't think. Jerry, I don't think he's going through that on no, the drive home. I, I, no. Also, I would be willing to bet Jerry Jones has never had salmon. <laughs> as a guy from Arkansas and Texas, just saying. Uh, but yeah, what's just, the fish of the day? So no, to hear him so. kind of say that, it's like definitely eye-opening, yeah. you know. And it, I, and it should be what everyone's talking about today. It's it's kind of kind of nuts. No life perspective stuff, and and shows you too. Just it's almost like a a cruel twist of fate to be able to have that amount of success 
uh, you know, at that stage in your life and your journey, and then spend the next how long has it been, TJ, since you guys were in the Super Bowl? Remind 1995. Me? Yeah, so spend the next 20 some odd years chasing that, not getting there, not even sniffing it, not even getting close you, to it. You know, Ben, the funny thing about that is we, again, we were speaking pre show about this, and that is everyone who doesn't like Dallas, you know, that's their thing that they lean on. Well, yeah, last 25 years, so we're going to get specific, right? We're going to go 25 years, how many, how many years it's been since they've won. No one takes into consideration the fact that this team, Jerry Jones, does have three Super Bowls, right? And how many team owners have multiple Super Bowls? What is it, six? Yeah, but what, well, do you, what did Giannis say about thinking about the past? That's your ego? Thinking okay, about and, the future, and that's, true, that's your but pride? If you think in the moment, that's your look at humility? Overall, that was Jerry in the moment. Humility. Yeah, that is him in the moment. You're right. And, but, and there was a rare sign of humility, which is why he's admitting his his faults with, the, with Jimmy Johnson and, and admitting... You know, he has regrets and things he looks back on. So in the moment, that's that humility. Boy, Giannis is just a wizard, he, huh? So wise beyond. Well, so wise. Most philosophers are gr- Greek, he's right? A Greek, so, he's a great Greek yeah. philosopher, yeah. Plato, Socrates, Johnny A. Your past is your ego. Your future is your pride. Your presence is your humility. Man. Wise stuff. He's partying right now on a bus somewhere. We're like, wow, this is such a, a Greek philosopher, this oracle of wisdom. I'm sure he's doing a he's one on a two double step, deck like double fisting, like Stone Cold right With now. With his shirt off, yeah, just we'll wilding out we'll right check now. In on, the, on the Bucks parade a little bit later on Hello, in the Larry. show. And then uh, Tom Brady sat down with Jim Gray and, and Tom Brady, who's had just such a tremendous offseason. Tom Brady's world, man. He's cracking jokes with the I mean, president, he's out there playing golf with Phil. Loving life. Oh yeah! By the way, I, I, my my MCL was ruptured, and I went out there and won a Super Bowl, yeah. and I'm Del Tufo's age. It was incredible. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And with here he is now, favorites. sitting down with uh, with Jim Gray, having an interesting conversation about you know some of the people in sports who uh, who have been asked to make some decisions evaluating talent over the years. Here's TV twelve. In the end, there's no better place for me to go than where I actually went was the Bucks. And but you've caused I mean, a lot of intrigue with this, and everybody's guessing. Do you care to expose who it was you were talking uh, about? The team? No, because there's private things for me that are going to remain, uh, you know, motivational for me. So they know who they are. I mean, they know that the team. You know, think they know? Yeah, that teams know who the, who were probably interested and. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, everyone's got a choice to choose. You know, I think what you realize is that there's not as many smart people as you think. You know, I, it's just the reality. I think it's some, it'd be a no-brainer if you said, you know, hey, you got a chance to get uh, Wayne Gretzky on your team or you get a chance to have Michael Jordan on your team. Oh, we don't need him. You know, no thanks. We're, we're good. You know, I, in my mind, I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, let me go, let me go show those teams what they're missing and at the same time let me go prove to the team that did bet on me and the team that really showed that they really wanted me and committed to me that i'm not going to let them down wow that was incredible that's zero yeah. wow that's that was, amazing there was I mean, there was so amazing. much to unpack there honestly oh there really was because it's it's always interesting to me where athletes especially the the, the goats where they find motivation from and he found it like four different ways <laughs> when he's talking about being inspired by the teams that passed him over, but also being inspired by the team that said, yes, go out there and, and, and play for us. And he wants to prove them right and prove everyone else wrong. And he just casually compared himself to Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky, which is such a flex. It is a flex. It's a flex, and it's also facts. Yeah. It's also <laughs> facts. Like, if you talk about there's a club that you can now hang out at, the Champions Club. Well, there's also the six-time Champions Club. 
that they can hang out at. And he's and he's got some 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 leftovers for that too. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna and say he's about he to go get, get some more. more. Yeah, and he's about to go yeah. find it. There's like the VIP room in the eight the eight section of the club. Exactly. Right. And yeah. Like the Goat Club, and right. and so. It's a very small and exclusive. It's not even velvet rope. Like, what's cooler than velvet ropes? Like diamond and platinum gold. encrusted gold, <laughs> gold. ropes. But no, it's, it's it's a club that you wouldn't even know exists if you were driving it's down the road, driving down the street. You would think, what's that abandoned industrial warehouse? That weird <laughs> it's like burnt where out building. Costanza went with all the models. Like it's that place. And then it's, it's called Wednesday Night for TJ. So there you go. Uh, um, True that. We've got a uh, an action packed show. I want to talk more about the Tom Brady sound because I, I thought that was really great from TV Twelve. So we'll get into that. We'll talk, obviously, of course, uh, about all things San Diego Chargers. I still call them the San Diego Chargers. It still rolls off the tongue that way. Doesn't it feel naturally like the San Diego Chargers? Sure does, man. We'll we'll talk all things state of L.A. football with CBS LA's Jamie Maggio. We've got Adnan Verk from MLB checking in a little bit later on in the show. I know he had a cup of coffee with the WWE. There's a great podcast from Meadowlark Media, Cinephile. So we'll chat with Adnan. Plus, we got Matt Walsh. Very funny. Matt Walsh has a new movie with Eva Longoria, Unplugged. So we'll hang out with a diehard Bears fan. Talk all things Justin Fields with Matt as well. We got a big show today. Coming up next, Andrea Nix, a filmmaker who did the film LFG about the women's soccer team of 2019, the fight for equal pay. We'll catch up with Andrea next. Big show here today. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
You met Prince, correct? Yeah, yeah. What, what's the story behind that? You know, I, I can't remember how we met initially,、mm-hmm. but after our first encounter, he made sure that I was at every house party that he had in Los Angeles. And if he knew that I was in town, like in New York, he made sure that I was at every、uh, show he performed at Madison Square Garden. I'll never forget, we were at Madison Square Garden.、Mm-hmm. Security came to, me, to my seat at the end of the show, or towards the end of the show, and said, Prince wants you to come on stage. I was like, okay. Yeah, he wants you to come on stage now. All right, so I'll go on stage. It's me, Whoopi Goldberg, Cornell West, Tavis Smiley, a bunch of other people on stage. And we went to this after hour spot after the concert, a place called Village Underground in, in the village. Sure, oh, it's famous. Yeah, and so, you know, because Prince likes to jam afterwards. Well, Prince just went to go listen to the musicians. And so it's Prince, his assistant, myself. And I see Prince lean over to his assistant. And then all of a sudden, the assistant leans over to me and says,、uh, I don't know why I do this voice, but it's like, Prince wants you to come back and have pasta and pizza. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And then Prince got up and left, and she got up and left. I don't know why her voice is so deep because it was a woman. That's she right. Got up and she left. Because you and, were summoned. Yes. You were summoned by royalty. And there was, you know, an array of people、uh, in the living room, and I went back to find Prince, and he was back there holding court with Tavis Smiley and Cornell West, and he looked up and he like, smiled and gave me the peace sign, and I went back in, and we had pasta and pizza at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow. How did Prince like his pizza? Um, This is very important. It, no, the first, toppings first off, is a window into one's first soul. First off, there was no meat on the pizza, and I didn't、okay. see Prince eat any pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we would go to his house, man, for, for the house parties, and it'd be Stevie Wonder playing the piano,、uh, uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner on bass,、uh, you know, Ra-、uh, Rochelle Farrell singing lead, you know, uh, uh, Harry Connick Jr. playing bongos. No, 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 that was、uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, no, Matthew McConaughey. I'm sorry. I get him confused sometimes. But it was just amazing, man. And then you would get into like five o'clock in the morning, his chef is serving you breakfast. You're like, why am I at Prince's house at five o'clock in the morning, man? It, 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 it was truly、uh, an, an amazing uh, relationship uh, that not only myself, but other people had with him. I'm just glad that it was pizza and pasta. It wasn't like a game of telephone, like Prince <laughs> asked you to do something. You came back pizza and pasta through his、no. assistant. Anthony, Prince wants you to come back to the hotel and have pasta and pizza. That's how it came to me. Welcome back to the show. Show rolls on. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. You can hit us up 844 Rich on social media, of course, at Rich Eisen Show, at I am Ben Lyons. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, we're going to go through all the NBA free agents and I'm going to talk to the peanut gallery here about where they want to see him play, just as fans, not to do the trade meter, not to be capologists, but just as fans, where would you like to see him? Some of those high profile、Sixers. free agents in the NBA play next、Clippers. season. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, the recruiting, I think that's tampering. The recruiting's already done.、Oh, okay, but they're stopped.、Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you guys know this, and I was talking to Del Tufo a little bit about this, but soccer's been a big deal in my life since I was a kid.、Yeah. I was very fortunate、okay. to grow up with my grandfather, the legend Frank Sarge Crocker, as a member of the United States Soccer Hall of Fame. 
we always used to joke growing up in my family, what's more amazing that it actually exists or that he's in it. But I was, <laughs> I was a young kid when it was up at Oneonta, New York, and we went and saw Oneonta. his plaque. And he was a great inspiration to me and a big reason why I fell in love with the game of soccer. If you remember in The Last Dance, in the beginning of the film, they talk about how before Jordan got to the Bulls, in the 80s in Chicago, there was the Chicago Sting, and they would outdraw the Bulls before Jordan got there. Well, my grandfather was the equipment manager for the Chicago Sting. They were an outdoor team, then they played indoor uh, at the Rosemont Horizon. They changed to become the Chicago Power. It was almost like hockey line changes. It was so fast, <laughs> the action. But I just loved soccer, these characters of the game, Carl Heinz Granitska, Pato Marhetic. And something that my grandfather really instilled in me at a young age, and again, this is the mid-90s when soccer's not in vogue like it is here in the, Uni in the United States now. There's no MLS. Um, the women's national team wasn't the thing yet. Yep. He instilled in me this appreciation for the women's game. He called it the beautiful game, just the flow, the pace, the spacing, the skill. And he really put me on to Team USA long before the women in 99. And so then when he passed away in 99, and that summer the entire world was just enamored by Mia Hamm and Brandy Chastain, Julie Foudy. Uh, I was bedridden. I had screws put in my ankle that Oof. summer. I had a bone cartilage separation. And so I was bedridden. And I watched every single game of that World Cup. That women's team from 99 holds such a spe special place in my heart. They say when, when someone transitions from this life to the afterlife, there's that portal, that window where you can still communicate with them. You can feel their presence. I felt my grandfather's presence through watching that team in 99. Del, Del Tufo, you worked yeah, that game, right, the, yeah. the, the, the final game. You, it was you amazing. worked that. Yeah. One of the great sporting and events of our lifetime. Do, and then I've got to do like two or three of the World Cups after that. And it's amazing. That was, was amazing. One of the greatest moments of my life. And now Team USA, they've gone on to win multiple World Cups, multiple gold medals. You've seen stars like Abby Wambach and Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe just explode on the scene. They become household names. And there's a great new documentary film that documents the 2019 team, 20 years later, as they fight for equal pay, they fight to win a World Cup on the greatest stage with so many people coming at them, so much adversity, so many distractions, they're able to overcome. And there's this great new film directed by Andrea Nix, and we are really excited to be able to have her joining us here today alongside Sean Fine, who directed the film as well. But we're on with Andrea right now. Appreciate you taking the time. Talk to me about your love of soccer, your connection to the game, and where this documentary, LFG, sort of began its journey. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on. <clears throat> and um, yeah, the, the actually, Oneonta is not that far from where I grew up. I, I'm from Rochester. So. My love of the game played came from really just playing the sport. I started playing when I was little. It's the only sport I ever played. I just loved it. And I'm the same age as Julie Foudy, more or less. So watching those women take the field and do what they did and, like, watching that game was kind of, like, transformational. I wasn't there in person, unfortunately. But, but you know, I just always followed it. So I thought I kind of knew a lot about it. But when the lawsuit dropped, we you know, looked up and, and, and so these are the best women soccer players in the world and this is what they're going through. Why are they, I didn't really know too much about anything to do with their equal pay fight. And once we started, Sean, my husband and um, fellow director on this, once we started looking into this, it just felt so incredible that look, there's a lot here that people don't know about, that we didn't even know about. And um, it just felt like a, you know, David versus Goliath kind of <laughs> effort, even though they are the best at what they do. 
um, in the game for women. And so it, it just felt like a natural thing. This is the right moment. I felt like people's ears are to the ground in a different way about equality. We felt like the rest of the world should know about it. And they're also amazing athletes and amazing personalities. So it kind of has all the boxes to check about, like, why is this a great story? But and it and it's really fun to film women playing some badass soccer, which is really what they're also all about. So that was just all those things just drew me into this to want to make this film. Andrea Nixfine joins the show, the director of the new documentary LFG, story of the 2019 women's national soccer team and their fight for equal pay as they compete for a World Cup. Talk to me a, a little bit about what it's like to hang out with Megan Rapino. <laughs> you know, she's, you know, it's kind of like there's a song that's actually played during the documentary where we're sort of giving a little background on her and it's it's like wizzy wiggy what you see is what you get, which is exactly she 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 comes across exactly like you see her. Um She's very much like, you know, she's kind of unflappable. She's really funny. She's uh, like a, 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 just a cool person. She just has this essence of cool, and she's fiercely intelligent and very articulate. So that was also interesting to not just see her on the field, but then have her walk on to some pretty, like, Meet the Press and Rachel Maddow and, like, you know, really just intense interviewers who who really, like, she can, like, dish it politically. She can dish it on the field. She's kind of a like a renaissance woman in that way and she's a lot of fun she's funny and i think um has a lot of respect from her teammates um and she just is able to articulate that's one of the reasons we wanted her in the film she's able to to articulate so quickly on behalf of the women but also in some ways not speak for them and 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 she speaks for herself but she sort of also is the face of this movement for them so she's great, um, and and I think she, it was very important when we asked her to be in the film. She said, "Look, I'm in, but I'm not going to speak for everybody else. You have to ask people as individuals." So that's what we started to do. That's what's so incredible about this team in particular. There's such a collection of personalities and incredible uh, life journeys. They won the World Cup in 2019. I remember about a month or two later, they were going on a, a tour of exhibition games, and they played here in Southern California at the Rose Bowl, where they, of course, you know, team won 20 years before. So I went to the friendly. I was living in Pasadena at the time. And that morning in my local juice spot, I saw Sam Mewis. I saw Jessica McDonald. And I lost it. Like, I got really <laughs> emotional. I made everyone working in the juice bar give them a standing ovation. Like, oh, it was, <laughs> I just, I was so starstruck by them. And mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned Megan's thought process of this can't be about me. She gets so much of the spotlight. Yeah. Talk to me about some of the other stars on this team who audiences now are going to watch in the Olympics and who are mm -hmm. really kind of making Team USA their own. Yeah, I mean, I think it's right. Like, I think when you do see Jessica walk in a room and you do see Sam walk in the room, like, you notice, right? Like, first off, they're just like, they're, they're powerful-looking people. They're powerful players. And the chemistry of, of who told the story for us, because we don't have narrators or anything. Our style of documentary filmmaking is we, we really want the characters to tell their own story and so you really feel like it, it's theirs it comes from them and we wanted to be the right collective idea so we had megan which as we talked about already is that sort of a natural choice is the face of sort of this fight but we wanted to show the every player the player that basically toils in the professional league ranks with the hope of one day maybe just you know like if your dream comes true to get pulled up to the nationals and she's a single mom she is an incredible like fighter and and so was so excited she but you know this lawsuit dropped literally just as she got on the national team so that's kind of intense for her to be part of swept into something like this after all this time so we also wanted to show the 
balance of like, hey, they've been fighting this lawsuit, and you want we wanted to show how much work that they put into this. This has been going on for them for decades, even before they dropped it, of their prior team. So, like, Becky Sauerbrunn is, like, an incredible, you know, just an incredible individual. She's a really quiet leader um, for the team. Like, you have to kind of know the team to understand how much respect she has amongst their ranks, and she has been working on the lawsuit, the CBAs, for years. Um, Kelly O'Hara, same thing. And collectively, they always bring on a new player to sort of, you know, hand the baton to, which is kind of great to make sure that they understand what the team mentality is about the equal pay lawsuit, about how it's like a sisterhood, that they pass it on. And so they want to have a younger player understand what it is to negotiate for their worth across the table from the Federation. So they want to make sure that kind of baptize and bring into the fold someone like Sam Lewis, who's a rising star. And, And that's kind of a really interesting you know, way that they handle the, all the choices that they're making is that they do it collectively. They have, like, they, they have, like, seven players who really work really hard on the lawsuit. And um, so I think what's really interesting is that you see, like, how articulate and how well-versed they are in the law from, like, Becky and Kristen Press and Kelly O'Hara. I mean, I, I think, actually, someone like Kristen Press could become a lawyer at the end of all this. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show, joined right now by Andrea Nix Fine, one half of the directing team behind LFG, the new documentary celebrating the women's soccer team of the United States in 2019 that fought for equal pay. So what's the status of the team right now with USA Soccer as they go over to Japan? They had a tough start to kick off this Olympics uh, losing, which is not something they normally do to Sweden 3 nothing the other day. What's the status of the team right now in terms of their their working relationship with their employer? Well, you know, I think like anything with a lawsuit, you can settle at any time, right? So what happened at the end is that the, the judge sort of split the lawsuit in half and they settled on the working conditions, but the equal pay lawsuit side of things continues. And they're still fighting it in an appeals process. And, and according to them, they're going to go to the very end of wherever it takes. Um, they believe in it so. And that they, you know, do, could they sit down at the table at any time? Yeah, they can. And But, you know, history says that's complicated for both sides. And I think both sides would really love to come to some kind of conclusion about it. I think we would love to have been able to show that in the film because I think it shows possibility on all fronts, not just in the soccer world, of how you kind of compromise and get where you're going. But still, like, you know, these women want to continue this until the very end. And I, I believe in them. I think you can see through the film that they kind of give jet fuel to this whole idea for a lot of women across the world, not just female athletes, but women in, all over. Um, so they carry that fight on their back. So I think it's hard. I think it's hard. It's like going to work every day in an active lawsuit with your boss, but you're working right next to them and you need their support for you as a player, right? But so they, they have, and, and the federation needs the, the players. So as they say, like, we're the only game in town for each other. So, it, I, you know, I hope, I hope it ends well for both of them, honestly. The new film is LFG, all about the women's soccer team, but you worked over the years with athletes like Lindsey Vaughn, and I'm just mm-hmm. curious, as a filmmaker and a sports fan, when you watch games, when you watch the Olympics... Are you looking for stories to tell? What is it that draws you as a filmmaker to the world of sports? You know, it's interesting. I think sports is tricky because, you know, we do lots of other stories besides sports. So the thing is, it's got to be a great story, and all great stories start with great characters. So that's really where you start. You start with someone who is in the midst of something transformational, has the ability to come across emotionally 
and kind of bring you into their journey. And that's the exact same case we have with these women on this story. So I think you, you're always looking for somebody whose journey is going to take you inside of something amazing and that they're able to sort of share their perspective and have it be relatable to someone like circumstances that let's say, you know, when you watch the film, you don't know anything about soccer or you don't know anything about the law. We welcome you in because I think as an audience, you'll come out better versed, but really feel like emotionally moved. Like I think cinema is an emotional, is an emotional ride ultimately. So that's really what we look for. And that's one of the reasons we felt like these women were the perfect, you know, subjects. To, no. to go through this journey with. It's it's a great documentary. It's a great way to honor what these women uh, have to overcome in order to just fulfill their dreams as professional soccer players. And uh, I was really inspired by it, as I was by the 99 team way back when. So I appreciate you taking some time, Andrea. Best oh, of no, luck. Oh, no, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. It was, uh, I enjoyed speaking with you. The film is LFG, available now. I think about the women's soccer team. One, they're, they're the best team we have in the United States in any sport. They're the most dominant. They're the best national team we have. I think they're the best team in the world. And watch them losing it, it, to kick off the Olympics yeah, is a right? huge deal. Huge deal. Because we didn't even know the Olympics really started. And they're and like, oh, yeah, by the way, Team USA lost. You're like, what? Wait, and didn't, and didn't just lose. I mean, 3 nothing in soccer is kind of a rout. Soccer, it's a 3 nil. I think it is. I think it's nil in soccer. Yeah, they didn't score. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't score. And now they got their work cut out for them. But the film's tremendous. LFG, Andrea, of course, an Oscar winner for her work in the documentary space. Um, so, yeah, people should definitely check it out if you want to learn more about what Rapino and, and, and Rose Lavelle and Kristen Press and all these incredible women had to overcome a few summers ago now. The world changed a lot since 2019. It feels like a lifetime ago. A little historical context, too, adds to the impact of the film. It's called LFG, and it's available now. Del Tufo, you were at that 99 game, Yeah, huh? it was pretty crazy. And I've done a couple of their games I actually did a game right before they uh, left to go to the Olympics, so I mi- mi- sound mixing. So it's like it was that was one of the moments that you kind of go, it was pretty cool because I was like right in the corner. You got to see the PK, everything that went on. It was insane to be in that place. Now you go out to the Rose Bowl and they have a, a Brandy Chastain statue. They immortal like immortalized that moment when she scored the penalty kick it and was her sick. teammates rushed yeah. her and. It was, yeah, there's me and my father-in-law. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Dave Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> Paying our respects at the, uh, at the Brandy Chastain statue there. I go down there often for inspiration and go on runs and stuff and just talk to, talk to the women in 99 because one of the great teams of my lifetime as a sports Easily. fan. It's Easily. in the top five, I always say, like moments in sports of the last – 50 years. I mean, it's Easily, one of the greatest right? sports illustrated really covers is. of all it time. Really oh, it, no, it has it's, to it's be. a culmination of a women's rights movement. It was of, great. Uh, just women's sports getting in the national, international conversation, the game itself, the team, the stars. It was just, the stars aligned when that happens in sports. It was amazing. It's, uh, it's truly iconic. Um, Listen, the amount of times that's been duplicated and replicated. Like, I was watching a game, I can't remember what team it was. A guy scored nice. a goal, ripped off his shirt. He had a little mini sports like tank top on and that's definitely obviously a nod to to brandy chastain i mean yeah no of course and and she'll tell you it wasn't a planned moment it was spontaneous but nike had just released that product so the sales went through the roof i think i I don't know if i buy that on the campus (laughs) you don't buy that i don't know if it wasn't planned come on the game's gonna come down to penalty kick she's gonna get the last kick and score what are you talking about that's yeah, that's I mean, obviously that play right there. That's not playing, but I mean, she kind of knew you had the Nike thing on. I don't know. 
Um, all right, coming up next, uh, we're going to get into the to uh, the the aftermath of the of the dominance of Giannis and how uh, now that it's Giannis's league, how that's going to shake out for some of the other star players around the association. We'll see if Bobby Portis has a uh, a deer head on his head somewhere in Milwaukee <laughs> as the Bucks are celebrating. It's the Rich Eisen Show. We roll on. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Let's start this. Let's get this. Uh, okay. So this is a little early. I don't do uh, lunch martinis. But so you're, you're pouring a martini now into the martini Uh-oh. shaker. I, I poured just a little in. It looked like there may have been... But you won't complain. Don't, no, I'm not. don't I'm send the drink back. Uh, we just need to... We all, The olives are already in the glasses. <laughs> don't bruise it. Don't bruise it. Some people at home, what about stirring? There's a great uh, bar called the Edmund over on Melrose. They yeah. like to stir. I, I like that. I like to shake a little bit. So <laughs> are you more like Bond, shake and not stirred? Or you're, I, prefer, would, would... I prefer actually bruising the vodka, making it ice cold. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Sure. These are vermouth-washed glasses. We had put a little vermouth in there earlier. Okay. And then... Uh, Pouring it out. Why don't you one, take, why don't I'll you take t- that one. Take, this is uh, my friend Rich Eisen. Are we toasting? I just want to toast you... Seeing you again, you want to toast uh, the Espen, correct? Well, you cho- we are toasting to ESPN's 40th anniversary. Oh. Uh, there is a big event going on this weekend. My invitation is probably where yours is right yeah. now. Yeah. So we just figured, why not just do it oh, ourselves? What a nice thought. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I haven't seen you in a very long time. My arm's getting sore. I know. Because, um, <laughs> I like to toast. Uh, I I haven't seen you in a long time, Craig, and I you know I've been cultivating this caper to try and get you to come on this show. And you're I the pre- only guy. what if I only do your show? I'd love to just do that because I like you're you're smooth and natural. Did I compliment you? I like rich. There you I go. I like rich. Okay. Let me just see what this is because the water, that. the ice was sitting there. Cheers to you. Nice to see you. Cheers to you. Nice, nice to, to you. finally meet you. Um, <laughs> Cheers. Mm. Watered down. No, don't don't say anything. It's watered down. It's but it's that's it, fun. that's because the ice was sitting there. But but let's pretend it's not. This is what I say mm-hmm. at a bar or a restaurant, the big four up in San Francisco and Knob Hill. I take a sip, mm-hmm. I go like this, I go. This is the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> I enjoy the moment. This is now the greatest moment of my life when I take a sip of mm-hmm. a beautiful mm-hmm. chilled vodka. Mm. I need fresh ice. We're going to do it again off off the <laughs> But the vodka does taste appropriately bruised. By the way. And it feels it's and it was made with love. Yeah. I felt I, I felt I it. felt when I, I felt poured it. when I poured the vodka in there I saw that it went up to I knew there was water in there from the ice melting. But that's okay. 
<laughs> I don't. I'm, I don't want to. I'm not complaining. But we, we didn't. We didn't have to say anything, and I was the one who said it because I thought you might. It, it, it is just the most special moment in my life, Let me right? Try this again. Let's try this one more problem. time. Here we go. Were you choosing again or no? I, I was just going to sip again. I just this mic is in my way. Okay, I, here we go. It's hard to drink. Why? It's hard to drink with a mic in your. No, okay, here we go. Craig Kilborn here on the Rich Eisen Show. And a little Joe Beam. Add a little music. Mm, very good. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons hanging out for Rich. It's been such a, a fun week being here with you guys, spending some time talking sports, the NBA Finals. Now we got Brandon Jennings in the back of a pickup truck, shotgunning <laughs> beers in Milwaukee. This is happening, guys. It's amazing. <laughs> parades, sports parades, are I think are the coolest things ever. It's just like the the, the culmination of the season. A lot of a lot of these fans probably didn't think they were going to be at this moment, or their team would win the championship. Maybe delusional ones like TJ, but like <laughs> it's just so cool. Double decker buses and like in Boston, like duck boats in Boston. Yeah, like, like it's just boats. the coolest yeah, thing you ever. You get great speeches. You get Mark Madsen. Everyone's hammered. Dancing. Like Gronk is comments. shotgunning beers and spiking them. And Canyon like, of Heroes, New York. Yeah. Well, you guys parades. haven't had a parade. It doesn't matter. Well, that was an annual thing. That was an annual thing for me in high school. Was yeah. how do you cut class to go to the Yankee parade? Exactly. Not really a Yankee fan. Yeah. But always it was. Oh, I can't go to science class today. Next thing you know, you're down in the Bowery. Some guy from the Bronx. It is pretty cool to be at one of those. I I, I remember fondly the Yankee parades. I'm thinking about this this, uh, Milwaukee team. We weren't giving them their their props the other day for being a great party team. We were just looking at them as family guys. You know, maybe they'll go home. Turn on, Luke, <laughs> turn on Luca or something, or you know, just hang out with the kids. You guys really weren't giving them enough respect. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I, wasn't. I, didn't, I didn't think Brockman they had it. Was in trying them. to look up flights from Milwaukee to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, Brockman thought they'd feasible. leave Milwaukee to yeah. fly to Vegas right. while they were already at home. The only one that know, we thought was going to get it in, Dante, Dante Divincenzo, <laughs> Divincenzo, definitely who didn't even play in the final. He has got the last forty-eight hours of Divincenzo's life has just been Mike, like. Cinemax after dark. So they're getting after it in Milwaukee <laughs> today. Like my normal life. You were talking about which team you would like to celebrate with historically, and you were going old school. I think I think if, when you think about it over the course of time, uh, historically, the crazy party teams when you think of 86 Mets, I think, immediately comes to mind. Uh, with Doc and Doc and Strong. that just seems terrifying. Like I don't know Rain if I could hang. I, I definitely I, I make it. I definitely to the, don't no. think I, I could hang. make it to the end of the but night. I, I'm willing to try. But like historically, like I, did any two guys have a better time running through an iconic city than Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford? Like I, I just don't <laughs> think. Like if you think 50s and early 60s New York, Joe DiMaggio is out. It's now their team. It's like obviously no social media. Nightlife was just cigars and the amount of whiskey and brandy those guys probably drank. Oh, yeah. It's just probably the greatest time. And then they would wake up and the Mick would hit two dingers and Whitey would throw eight strong with 11 Ks. It's probably the greatest time of their life. I feel like you said that was a great run for them. Uh, probably not centered, though, around a specific World Series. I don't feel like World Series celebration night was any different than Tuesday night. <laughs> I was just going to no. say. Absolutely. And, by, and it went on for a long time. By the way, they played in the World Series every year, so it was just like, oh, we're doing this again. Sadly, it's also what, you know, ended Mickey's life at, at yes. far too, yeah. far yes. too young. Yes. I think 63 like six, when yeah. he passed away. Right. Um, 
And, and it was a great time while they yeah, were doing it. Had a lot of fun, though. Had a lot of fun it, while yeah. it was happening. <laughs> you think of the 86 Mets, like I said, that team was probably terrifying. Another New York team would have been fun to party with. Those all the Walt Frazier teams. Imagine yeah. the uh, Rolls-Royce back, Rolls backcourt of uh, Walt Frazier and Earl Monroe out on the town. Dave DeBusher. It'd be a fun time. Just going to the nightclubs in New York, Mike, in the oh, 70s. Oh, my. And, like, the outfits those guys would wear. Late like, 60s, early 70s, pounding around like, with what that. What about Joe Namath? Yeah, you got uh, Jerry Lucas doing memory tricks in the bar on. on everybody. Like you a, guys are missing like, a big, big one on the Giants. Oh, LT. Oh, well, LT. Come on. I mean, yeah. I worked at his sports bar a couple times. Oh, now with Mark oh, Bavaro. Yeah, it rip. I mean, LT yeah. probably crisscrossed with Doc and yeah. Straw back oh, Yeah, there's a they good all, chance that they were In 86? Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. You guys think, too, the Showtime parties? Well, I mean, <laughs> I have something way. to say. I'm the wait till the break. Safe to say, I would gone. I would have hung out with the USC Trojans in the early 2000s, and it's just as much fun. Hey, by the way, Bush teams and Matt Lyon teams. I'll take those teams any day a week and someone, the and someone who did hang out with team? some of those guys uh, uh, yeah that was, that was they were fun. they that were like fun. like they would walk into a bar in santa monica no joke and they were like you michael jordan just walked in it was unbelievable and he, tj you were with him you know i was, was there a few insane. times no, I, that's why i asked you i said you have any uh keith rivers encounters from your uh your last of the mohicans <laughs> running around no? I, said, I didn't really know keith. keith rivers adjacent i yeah. didn't really know keith but i was friends with matt so and you know Leinert was the king of los angeles for for a time so it was always interesting to kind of see so how he was to me the idea of being a village football star in a big time sports city, city. Yeah. All these other guys, they're playing in Tuscaloosa, they're yeah. playing in Madison, they're playing in College Station, and that's amazing to be the big guy on campus down there. But to be the quarterback at USC, you're yeah. like when they got it rolling. Oh yeah, like when you when he walked into a bar and there was every you know musician, actor, actress, and yet this cat who's still in college walks in and it's just like yo, yo everyone stop. It's like you yeah, know? you know, like uh, Jay Z's over there, and uh, oh, by the way, Matt Liner's right over there. He's bigger than, than Jay Z <laughs> yeah. at that point. Now with these kids with their name, image, and likeness, can you imagine what Matt Liner would have done yeah, back we, at USC? We talked about that a few weeks ago. If Reggie Bush and Matt Liner could have cashed in oh. on that, oh my oh. goodness. Are you kidding me? Well, that was kind of the conversation at the time, like what college star would have made the most money under today's NIL? Well, I just saw that deal that Mikey Williams, who's a high school basketball star, he's not even in college, just signed with Excel Sports, and he's going to be making millions before he even either goes to the NBA or goes to college. Well, that was kind of the big quote that came out of SEC Media Day by Nick Saban. He said that Bryce Young, uh, Alabama quarterback, has already signed upwards of a million dollars and NIL's already. That's insane. It's, That's I mean, insane. It, it's obviously awesome for these kids. Sure. It's insane to think it's about. It's insane to think yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to go around the uh, the association uh, quickly. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. We got uh, Jamie Maggio from CBS LA going to talk about the LA Chargers in about 10 minutes or so. But I kind of want to throw out just uh, some big NBA free agents because now the Bucks have... Uh, you know, won the title, there's going to be a ripple effect as teams try to regroup and strategize and come up with a way to knock Giannis off the top of the mountain. It's going to be tough to do. But I just want to throw a couple names out there to you guys. As basketball fans, where do you want to see them play next year? Where would you like to see DeMar DeRozan play next year? He's a free agent. Ooh, DeMar DeRozan. Is it, timely, is it finally time for DeMar to come home to Los Angeles and, and join, join Kawhi? 
I'd like to see him with the Lakers. I think he's that scorer that they need. Somebody yeah. to create their own shot opposite LeBron I mean, I don't, and AD. I mean, I don't want the Lakers to get better. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like, for DeMar DeRozan, I think it would be the perfect spot for him. And it's, you know, the perfect LeBron James teammate. We, we were talking about this pre-show, too. Like, the type of player that needs to play with LeBron James is the shooter and the guy that can kind of create his own shot and, and give 23. Or is he switching to six next six. year? What he number is, is six. I think he's just doing that so the jersey sales go up and he has a top five jersey sales again. It's just a way to keep that, I don't know. I mean, obviously genius. Calculated authenticity. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, but it's the type of player that Sticks needs to, to, to kind of give him a blow as he gets uh, older in age. But. DeMar DeRozan to the Lakers, I kind of like that. DeMar DeRozan, to me, is like the Nomar Garciaparra of the NBA because Nomar was right there with the Red Sox but didn't get that ring in yeah. 04. DeMar, right there with the Raptors, didn't get that ring in 2019. There are a couple guys, historically, who have been part of the movement. I didn't get a ring, like Mike Dunleavy was part of the resurgence in Golden State. They didn't, the We Believe Warriors, ah, they sent him a packing at the trading deadline. Wasn't there for the Karolinko dunk, you know, the Baron Davis dunk. Um, Kawhi Leonard, does he stay in Los Angeles? TJ, take it away. Come on. He stays. You think he stays? He stays. You want him to stay? Of course. Forget just where you think he'll stay. Like where, where you I think mean, he'll I, go. I, Do you want, I want the narrative for Kawhi? Or would you like to see him go down to Dallas with Luka and Porzingis? Oh, why would I want that? Ooh. No, I, I mean, I think the whole point, and you mentioned this earlier, Brockman, he wanted to come back home. He's yeah. essentially home. He's number one on the call sheet, as they say in movies. You got to make your bed and sleep in it. Yeah, I don't, I, I yeah. don't see him going anywhere. Why would, why, would, why would? How about Chris Paul? Where do you want to see Chris Paul go? Yeah, they were talking about this on first take today. It was like, Chris Paul a fit for the Lakers? Well, Chris Paul has a $44 million price tag for next year. Well, he's going to opt out all by all accounts, it sounds like, that he's going to say, no, I, I don't need your $44 million. I'm good. Thank you. Yes, but it's also a really weird be, be, Because thing. he thinks he's going to get 100 So in what team in their right mind is going to give 36-year-old Chris Paul with not the best playoff resume, who is probably injured again, uh, I think three the years, Suns million. are going to have to do it. I don't. If he's looking for three years and and, and hundred million, I don't think it's going to come from the Lakers. No. I, I think uh, I I think it'll probably be in Phoenix, and they'll run it back. And and I think that's smart. And that's I, fine. I think, that's and I think it's smart for him and smart yeah. for them too. Yeah, they built up this culture, and obviously they got them on the Kyle Lowry. On the How about Kyle Lowry? Where's Kyle Lowry going? Now that's the guy that everyone's saying is going to end up here in wearing purple and gold. We've I've thrown out all these players, and then all roads lead to Los Angeles. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. Remember in NFL free agency, it was like if a big name guy was available, oh, he's going to the new, he's going to the Patriots, he's going to New England. Kyle Lowry could end up in Philadelphia. I was just going to say that. Would that, you be happy with that? I mean, he's a free agent, right? So it'd be a signing. Um, yeah, I think Kyle Lowry has proven he is a championship point guard. Yeah. So sure, and it, there was a lot of talk that maybe midseason the Sixers would try to work a deal to bring him in but then the thought was because he is a free agent that maybe they'd wait till the offseason so yeah i think philadelphia is definitely a, a possible destination for as Robert. we wrap up the first hour here let's get really nerdy down the rabbit hole who would you rather have on your team yeah. kelly Oubre or tim hardaway jr oh baby. hey tsunami poppy that's uh, that's easy for me because I've, I've watched tim hardaway jr put in work on yeah. on the clippers the last few seasons and that kid, I mean, you give him a, sh- a chance, he, he's pretty nice. So Once a Nick, always a Nick. Someone tells me he could make a third run in New York before the age of 30. We'll find out. All right, Jimmy Maggio next. Ben Lyons in for Rich, the Rich Eisen Show.
Yeah. yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. It's Tim Hardaway's a bucket, if, man. He can stroke. If you yeah. were a dentist and you made $18 million a year, you'd be on the cover of every dentistry magazine. You'd be the top <laughs> of every every convention, every, yes, every dentistry. like seminar. You'd be like, wow, he's the $18 million man. You have a million, like $18 million smile. You want to cap? If you That's made $18 million in real estate, you would be on every billboard in Los Angeles. You know, the, the world's most famous dentist currently is the AEW Women's wrestling champion dr Britt baker that's DMP. a world i know nothing about she's really she's really a dentist she's a dentist she's, she's a, maybe the, pra- she's the talk dentist. of the yes. dentistry industry yeah. <laughs> if you make 18 million dollars in the nba you're tim hardaway jr like it's just so interesting to me that just you're just another guy that's a nice life though right nba oh. salaries are just so when you when you also grew up with nba money yeah. that's a really nice life for thj no doubt he came from some scratch and i can't tell if he's good or not i loved him in michigan took him to a final four he's good but he is he this summer if he walks into philadelphia's offices and says hey i'd like uh three years 60 million please <sighs> three for six see i'm not good with the salary caps yeah stuff, you're making so, a lot man. of noises over there yeah. so you don't sound too good <laughs> no, I, I'm, on that I'm, one. I'm not a number but cruncher this is, man. this is where the this is where the uh the ripple effect takes place you know this is where this is where the signings you know if if lillard gets moved if simmons gets moved DeRozan signs stays Kawhi, like you start to get this August What's 1st the first is the new domino July 1st. that needs to fall, do you think? Like, is there someone who has to move first? Or? I think the they got to figure out your buddy with the iced out kangaroo. Yeah, I think Simmons. they need to yeah, figure Simmons. out Simmons yeah. in Philadelphia because Daryl Morey's active. They're in contention. Mm-hmm. They're in the Lillard conversations, the Kyle Lowry conversations. Probably the DeRozan. Maybe cover. DeRozan. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say. So I think Ben Simmons getting the iced out kangaroo out of Philadelphia is probably the thing. So that's the first domino. That that's not a free agent, though. That's not a signing. I mean, Kawhi's not going to be first. We know he's going to wait. He's yeah. going to chill and do nothing and say nothing. The cyborg. <laughs> and then uh, I, I think maybe Kyle Lowry. He's going to make a big decision, I think, in terms of his career, where he wants to retire. Hall of Famer Brockman, Kyle Lowry. Does he make the Brockman Hall of Fame? Ooh, I mean, the championship. Championship. Uh, definitely helps. Olympic medals. We got to see his Olympic resume. Hall of Fame flopper, that's for sure. Oh, come on, <laughs> oh, man. Come on. Oh, Brockman. He is. <laughs> all right, we got Jamie Maggio coming up next. Uh, covers all things LA for CBS LA. Catch up, talk some charges with Jamie right here on Peacock.